Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. Welcome to the latest episode of Legends of the Spire as I creep closer to 100 interviews of the former players and managers of Chesterfield FC. This week I had another striker on the podcast. Always lovely speaking to a striker. Uh, and this week it was the turn of Tom Denton. Now Tom was part of the Chesterfield team uh, over the last kind of three, four, five seasons with us. Obviously a very uh, turbulent time as the club was trying to turn itself around again after dropping into the National League. Tom played under managers like Martin Allen, John Pemberton, John Sheridan, uh, James Rowe and Paul Cook. So we had a chat about that whole period of time, including, as always, a really funny story about John Sheridan. Every player seems to have one. Um, Tom is now at Geisley, which is not far from me. Uh, and he also started off at Wakefield, which is where I work. So a nice few little links in there uh, as well. Um, I'll be popping over and having a look at some of his matches as I'm not far away from him. Uh, and it was really good to still uh, hear about that link that he still has with Chesterfield. Still says we, uh, obviously, because he was here that long. Scored some great goals uh, over his time and I sponsored his shirt back then as well. Um, so you'll see that in the background of the video. As always, I am at Spy Legends on Twitter and Instagram and Legends of the Spy on Facebook. So it'd be great to hear from you. And if you've got any players that you know, and you can point them in my direction, that would be super. But here we are with the latest episode of Legends of the Spire. It's a giant of a striker, the one and only Tom Denton. Here we go. I was speaking to Rob Edwards, uh, Couple of, a couple of weeks ago, uh, who was with us kind of 20-odd years ago, was up at Homefirth. Yeah, he was saying, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. where I live, living in Onlier, so not far from Rob. Yeah, so he was he was saying, oh, I've kind of kept an interest in Chesterfield because Tom's playing for mm. <laughs> them. So, um, so what was it kind of like growing up around there then? Because obviously it's, everyone plays rugby around there, don't they? You weren't ever uh, tempted into rugby, were you? No, not rugby, no. Well, we used to actually play at the rugby, at Wakefield's rugby ground, to be honest. We just um, got into the under-18s side, really, just playing on a, on a Tuesday nights, really, and first-team manager were watching and liked what I looked and uh, ended up getting into the first team at about 17, yeah. Mm. Were, were you always kind of up front then? Or did yeah, you know always about played, it? yeah, always played up front, yeah. Not not yet. I won't go to back yet. Maybe a couple <laughs> of years <laughs> and and I'm like six foot five myself, so I've always been like the biggest kid in class. Mm. Has it has it been kind of similar for you? Yeah, I'm always I'm always tall. Even even back then, I'm always yeah. bigger than everyone else. But has advantages in football, I guess. Yeah, on the school photo, I'm always in the middle of the back row. Yeah, I was I was exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> default position. Always on the emergency exit seats on Ryanair flights, and always yeah, always. Uh, cursing my knees when I'm on buses and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so did did you kind of not, did they never try and make you a centre half then or anything like that because you got that bit of height or was it always the advantage up front? No, I always played up front really. Like so, I've always had a knack for getting me, getting on end of things and scoring goals. So yeah, I've never never really had a go at centre half, but I wouldn't mind it. Mm. Like that, I think yeah, just like so, like put it. I, I suppose it's. You get you you'd know how a striker thinks, wouldn't you? So you'd think that you yeah. could play centre half. I suppose you're just pointing in the opposite direction. I suppose, aren't you? Yeah, just you just, I just need a bit. I just need a bit of legs around me. Probably I just go on with the first ball, and then I don't feel I'm there mop up behind me. But yeah, might be yeah. for a couple of years. I reckon. 
<laughs> so you started like at at Wakefield, didn't you? Mm. Um, and interesting, it's an interesting city to like work in because obviously the it's a it's a big city, uh, Wakefield, but it's uh, its football team's never been, you know, kind of massive. It is a kind of a rugby town, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. But you kind of found your feet there, didn't you, and kind of started to get noticed a bit playing for Wakefield. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, like you say, it's not known for football at all, really. We were, I think it were either stick division one half, and I, like you say, I were 17, 16, 17, and I was just coming off the bench a bit, starting the odd game here and there. But when I was playing, I was doing all right. So, yeah, that's when I started getting noticed a bit round back then. And then, obviously, it kicked off from there, really. And what kind of clubs did you end up on trial at then? Because I've I've seen like Blackburn mentioned yeah. and a few others. Yeah, I went to went to Blackburn. He were he was man, manager Ronnie Glavin at the time. Uh, he were he had some good contacts and I like I went on trial. At, I went for two weeks at Blackburn and I went for a week at Crystal Palace when Neil Warnock were there. So that were obviously good experiences. Played a few games for both them teams and uh, you know that worked really. Is it always a, a a funny time? Because I've spoken to loads of players where they've said, you know, they could have almost gone on 20, 30 different trials at probably loads of different clubs, but you get to a point where you kind of want to actually sign somewhere so you're not constantly going on trial. How how long did it take before you ended up at Huddersfield? Yeah, it was about like, probably end of, probably end of them trials. I never I never went on trial at Huddersfield. I think they mm. they picked up on me that I'd been going on trial at uh, like at the time they were bigger clubs on Huddersfield so um, yeah I think they picked up on that and thought oh we'll take a chance on him because like I say I'm from, Udders- I'm from Huddersfield as well so they thought oh local lad he might uh, be a good signing for us like so yeah that's when I went there mm. Who did you kind of grow up supporting then? Yeah support still well, support oh. Huddersfield yeah, oh, yeah. I used, to, used to go watch my mum and dad when I was a kid and then obviously sign for him were a bit of a dream come true really so who would you have kind of been modelling yourself on then? Well, it's uh, Andy Booth. Uh, he's played for Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, yeah, like I say, it's a strange one really because I used to, obviously I used to train with him. Then when I left, I ended up plastering his house in on the so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he remember you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's still <laughs> lived in on me now. Yeah, still, still bumping to each other in village and that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, Andy were a great striker to learn, like especially for someone like myself who were pretty sim yeah. like pretty similar in uh, where we're playing it were it were good to learn off yeah and I don't want to like sound all misty eyed to a footballer for a few years ago and stuff but I kind of look back at that era of uh kind of Premier League and championship football and it was it's like a classic era wasn't it there was some there was some proper classic players that when you look back like proper yeah, footballers just well, it, it were like it is today, really. Like, not obviously, Premier League is different today now, but back in them days, it was like rough and tumble Premier League football, mm. and it were, it were quite interesting to watch, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, what was it like then, kind of finding your feet around Huddersfield and uh, and stuff like that, being part of that training and stuff? Yeah, we're like you say, I, it were a bit of a I didn't realize. I didn't expect him to come in and, and sign me. Like, but when I heard they were interested, I obviously I wanted to go. But training ground with five minutes from my house, and like I said, I wanted to give it a crack. Obviously, it was a shame that I never got never got to play many. I didn't. Well, I didn't 
playing the first team games. They were just playing laying reserves and going out on long. So we're only 17-18 and Matt Vienna were eight stone went through. I'm ready. I wasn't ready for it really, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like so I went on a few loans and I was saying to my I was saying, I was saying to my old man, I said, Look, I'm not ready for this yet, you know what I mean? You need to you need to fill out a bit when you're when you're eighteen and you're six foot six foot five, you you're skinny as out like so yeah. Had a few loans and uh, just a bit of experience really, just around around country. Mm. Do you find it's obviously if you'll have had that experience at Wakefield then of uh kind of a bit more rough and tumble football, uh when you're kind of learning that uh that kind of level of the game and stuff, is there, there are a few centre offs that kind of see your height and pick on you a bit? <laughs> Especially when you were younger, yeah, I used to get a few whacks. Like, you know, you have to tough, you have to toughen up early doors there. Like, but yeah, it was, like I say, it's all it was all good experience at, at that age, really playing in them leagues, and then obviously it's, it's set me in good stead for what I've done up to now, really. Mm. What kind of football are you on a pitch? Are you a chatty one, or are you not? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind chatting to centre halves. Yeah, I, I do chat a lot to referee and centre halves. There's some that don't talk at all. Like you'll talk to a centre half completely blank you, but yeah, I don't mind talking to them now and again when the when balls are away from us. <laughs> Have you got any uh, sneaky tricks or anything like that? You you say to unsettle them, or do you, are you just having a general chat? No, just general. Obviously, now I've played against a lot of players yeah. in the past, so we'll talk about pre- might talk about previous games or just general nonsense, really. But yeah, yeah. I don't mind a chat now and again with. Opposition. I suppose you never know when you end up on the same team, do you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been on plenty of same teams that I've played against, players that I've played against, yeah. So you never know what's around corner. <laughs> so then it obviously had loads of uh, like a few loans and stuff. So I've seen like Woking, Wakefield scored loads of goals at Wakefield. Did, yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, did, did you score like, was it four in a match for Wakefield against, was it yeah. Salford? Salford, yeah. That were... Like I say, talking 15 years ago now, but I'd gone back on loan to Wakefield from Huddersfield, yeah. Went on loan there, obviously, and I think I had two months there, came back there, and that's when I went to Woking, went to Woking, and they were in conference then. Mm. And that were, that were a good experience. We had to obviously live in London away from mum and dad, as you say, like 18, 19. I went, from, I went with a guy from Huddersfield as well, so it were... Good to share that experience with someone as well. And then, yeah, I had six months at work and I think. Did all right to be fair. I was like, say, in and out of it, but all all good experiences. Yeah. And I always like to ask when people end up far away from home, did you end up in, in like a digs then? Was it you were like put up in someone's house? Or was yeah, we started, in, we started in someone's pub. So we were in there for a month and then somebody took us in, yeah. For three months, yeah, I'm still keeping contact with her now. Actually, nice, nice lady in uh, in working, yeah, and she used to come to all games and mix us tea and stuff like that. So yeah, we're, we're all good, yeah. Because <laughs> I've heard I was speaking to um, Colin Larkin, striker we had years ago, and he he spoke about a, a landlady they had who was would kind of go in the kitchen to make him a cup of tea and then come back drunk. <laughs> so, so you didn't have such a controversial no, landlady then. No, no, we just we just had his tea late because she were behind working behind bar. So yeah, <laughs> it's very trusting to put you up in a pub. Yeah, yeah, pub, we, but... we were 
we were obviously we were new to it all, so we didn't want to step out of line or all. But we had a, we had a, a few drinks after a game on a Saturday with them, and uh, yeah, we had a good chat about the game. Really, yeah. <laughs> do you notice the difference? Kind of going up the levels, even in in kind of those non-league levels. Yeah, you do. Yeah, cause, like you say, we're Evo Stick. Well, it's Northern Division One North now, but like going to conferences. It's massive, like, like so. All teams were even full time back then. Really, mm. we went to work in them. Like, so we were full time, and they were, like, I said, step like even even training was just a lot more intense. And like, I said, so yeah, it's definitely you can definitely tell a step up. Even even now, like, I was playing at Alfred in Converse North. I went to Chesterfield, and I went from there to like, wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a big step up wherever you play. Yeah. Crikey. So you've obviously, I kind of know you most from uh, Halifax because I lived in Halifax for a while. Um, so I used to go and go and watch watch a few Halifax games and stuff uh, and quite enjoy it when Chesterfield play play there. But so you had kind of really good spells, didn't you? Like Halifax, North Ferribee. Uh, I was looking at you, your goal ratio. is like one in two, isn't it? For yeah, yeah. Right, clubs, yeah. Pretty much. Wherever I've been, I've done, I've always done all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Uh, I mean, I suppose it's North Ferriby where you you got to go to Wembley, didn't you, and have a trip there? Yeah, we had I had signed North Ferriby, and we, we had a, a year. That first year, we went, we got to Wembley. Yeah. Wow, we're like we were. It's, it's only a village. It's only a village football team. Like there's only five or six thousand people living in North Ferriby, and it's we were, we were having a, we had a good cup run there and we played some we played some big teams like we, I remember absolutely were flying in conference and we beat them at home in quarter final played Bath in semi final with two nil two nil up after we were two legs then so we were two nil up after first leg away come back to ours and they'd scored two goals within fifteen minutes of the first half so it was two two and it went to penalties semi final we got got through to the final we played played Wrexham. So they had twenty thousand there, and we had six or seven thousand. That were about it. Yeah, drowned out. We were obviously we were part time. We were we were two 0 down with twenty minutes to go. <laughs> we had a keep. We had an injured keeper. Couldn't kick it to halfway line. Even Wembley's massive anyway. <laughs> um, and we we ended up getting it back to two two. You'd think oh part time. Legs, we'd be gone, you know. We'd been Wembley and been so big, but now we come strong. Mm. Got it to two, two got it to extra time. We went, we went in lead in extra time, and the Wrexham scored with about two minutes to go. Took it to penalties and like, so we messed it up, but we ended up winning on penalties. Yeah, is it? I mean, what's it like then that that pitch to play? I've heard a few players that said it's a bit spongy. What yeah, did you, well, did you kind of find it like? Yeah, well, they, they, they do water it a lot, so it is quite, it's soft underfoot. But I just remember walking out, turning around and waiting for the national anthem, looked up to the thing, never seen that as big in my life. I was like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's every kid's dream to play at Wembley, but uh, ended up uh, stepping up to win the trophy and missed my, missed my penalty, which was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> But you still have it on your Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, just, just one of them. Like, not many people play at Wembley so far. I'd, uh, I'd leave it on there. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's great for that community, isn't it? Because there'll be 
like you say, the 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 those the communities around those football clubs. Some of them not very big football clubs, but the fans are as passionate, aren't they, as any other club in the oh, country. Yeah, so, so to get that bit of success is amazing. Yeah, no, fair of it. It was just literally every of there might have been you might get four hundred fans for a known game, but you, you could hear them like they'd be on throughout on top of the pitch at North Fair of it. And uh, yeah, fans obviously used to get behind you and like you say, for them to get out of Wembley's probably didn't think it ever happened really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, what have you got with the medal now then? Have you done anything nice with it or is it just in a drawer somewhere? No, it's, I've got it framed with my shirt. And, uh, well, my missus will let me put it up in house, so it's, it's in, it is in a frame, but it's upstairs. <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve Thomason. The Welshman knows he has to score. And he can't! North Ferriby United! have completed the footballing fairy tale. Adam Nicklin with the save, who wins them the FA Trophy. It is a day that dreams are made of. Billy Heath, in his 700th game as a manager, has led the village team from East Yorkshire with a population of less than 4,000 to the most dramatic Wembley victory over the conference side, Wrexham. Is it Billy Heath kind of comes and plays yeah. quite an important role, doesn't he, in that part of your career? Because you kind of followed him a bit, didn't you? Yeah, I've played I've played for Bill for probably eight seasons, probably, in total. And three different clubs, obviously. played for Alfred twice. We had a good time at Halifax. We got... Mm. Halifax got relegated to North and uh, they sat the manager, so they brought... They brought Billy in and Billy brought six, seven lads from North Ferriby and I think Chairman said to him, look, we want to go back up straight away, which is he's hard hard to do in any level, really. And we ended up we ended up going back up straight the first season, won the playoff final and then we were went to obviously went to the conference and we were we were struggling probably at Christmas. And then obviously Billy left, and then they brought a new manager in, and end up staying the ship really, like most uh, caretakers do, and uh, end up staying up. And then we, mm-hmm. and then I left, uh, went back to Alfred and we built we built then, yeah. Yeah, what is it about him then that you you like playing under him? Um, just he just knows what I'm about. I know what he's about, and we've always hit it off really, and we've always had. Whenever I've played for him, we've always had a good team. We've always been in and around top end of divisions, and like I say, we just tr- we just trust each other really. Which what kind of managers do you find you respond best to? Um, ones who are quite vocal, if you know what I mean. Like Billy's, like he's on you like all the time, getting best out of you. Yeah, probably them really. I don't. Quite a managers you can sometimes get away with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But if you've got a manager that's on you all the time, it makes you perform better. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know what I'd, I've never. I've never been a football player, so I don't know. <laughs> but it's interesting sometimes at football clubs you go from having one type of manager and then they can go, and then a completely different type of personality can come in. Um, I've always thought it odd from the outside looking in that sometimes a com- massively different personality comes in. And you think that must be a bit odd for the players when you're used to doing one thing and having one type of person then someone else comes in what's it like 
Well, we had, we had um, obviously my first season at Chesterfield, we had Martin. Mm. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> but like, always on his play, like, always had his best interests of his players at heart. Like, he's always like real passionate, uh, aggr- aggressive, like, but not over the top aggressive. But his man management was good. And like, if you're comparing it to like Pembo, it's different. Pembo are more like calm and calculated, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. With his with his uh, ways of getting his messages across to his players, but like I said, like you said, some people react differently to different managers. Yeah. So if we leap forward then to like to Chesterfield, obviously it, you came from Alfreton. You had a good start at Alfreton, didn't you, that season? Then we ended up um, kind of buying you. Uh, yeah. What when that whole transfer kind of happened, were there considerations that you had to kind of take into account? Because obviously oh, yeah. you've probably, it's, it's, I've spoken to a few players that have said, you know, you have the players that are kind of a National League North that actually mm-hmm. could easily be National yeah, League yeah. or even higher, but they choose to stay National League North to stay regional because of the career on the, on the other side of it. Is the kind of considerations you had to take into account? Then? Yeah, I did, yeah. Obviously I was um, part-time at, Alfred and uh, obviously Chesterfield came in uh, for me like uh, a long a long deal like so like took me a good couple of weeks having to think about it with missus and parents and stuff and I was like yeah I fancy having another go at it like obviously a lot of players don't make the step up because they've got they're settled in the jobs settled where they are but I just thought Chesterfield just come down won't mind a crack at this like and like I said I think I ended up having Four years and I'm like mm-hmm. best decision I make. At one point, we're fifty fifty whether to whether to go. Like, but I'm glad I did now. Yeah, I was going to say because at the time it seemed to be, I don't. It didn't seem to be like the quickest of transfers. Like no. it's always kind of rumours and things that it, go around. About, it took from we played uh, we played Chesterfield in a friendly, mm. and I scored twice and we won two 0 and I spoke to Martin after the game. He says, oh, I'll be in touch. <laughs> so I, I, I was still had his number from where, because he was my manager at Cheltenham when I went on loan uh-huh. to Cheltenham back a um, long time ago. So still, obviously, kept, still had my number. And I said, oh, I'll, call, I'll, I'll get in touch with you. So it probably did it probably did run out for about four to six weeks. Mm. And like I said, when he got back in touch with me again, it was like, he said, oh, he invited everyone down to the club to have a chat and, I like, but he's, he's he's great with that. He's Martin. He's good. He's good. We are everyone's families and stuff like that. So yeah, when we all went down, we were driving back saying, "Yeah, we want to do it." And like I said, I think it, I think it took another another couple of weeks after that meeting. But as soon as as soon as I'd been down to the ground, obviously I had a look around us and I wanted to get it done. Like so, yeah, we ended up. Like I say, it, it did take a while, but got there in the end. And like I say, having Martin Allen as manager, it's incredibly amusing as a fan. Because mm. every signing that you get, he does his little thing on the website, yeah, um, yeah. fits the butcher's dog and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, puts online. It must be, must be a bit of a giggle as a bunch of players when all that stuff's <laughs> coming yeah, out I mean, on the website. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like I say, he's been, he's been, he's known for that, and he's. So, but when I, when I heard they were interested, I remember keeping out results, and I think they won. First four, in, I think they won four yeah, games in a row. Yeah, first season, yeah. So I was thinking, oh, he's got them going here already. And I think he did. We did dipped off a little bit. 
And then that's when he signed me. And like I said, Martin's he's great, to be fair. I'm glad it didn't work out for him because yeah. he would have been, like I said, fans would have loved him if it worked out, worked out for him there. Yeah, it would. I, I was just, I was sad when he went. It would have been great to see him lifting a trophy because it would have been an entertaining, yeah. entertaining mm. player of the season. Do if we'd have won yeah. the title that season? <laughs> yeah. What was like a what was like a typical Martin Allen training session like? No, you you wouldn't get him like you wouldn't be like you wouldn't be running around. It'd be just not. It'd be just normal, normal football. He's obviously he'd be he'd have his coaches who'd set the sessions, and he obviously he'd uh, he'd step in when needed, really, but. He'd have his uh, week routine, obviously his weekly routine. Obviously, you'd have your hard day on the Tuesday. You'd have a Wednesday off. You'd have match prep Thursday, and then you'd do your set pieces, and yeah, you'd name the team on a Friday, really. So no, nothing over the top, really, like to any other manager, really. And we were just, you were fine. You used, like, like to fine tune his Thursdays, especially uh, how we'd want to play and yeah. who we're playing against. He'd have, they'd have players that weren't playing. Exactly like players that were playing for the opposition, so we play against them. Like so, yeah, pretty good, really. Yeah, and he obviously played to your strengths. Uh, so kind of in in terms of style of play, it was it yeah, was a pivotal that's, part of that team. Yeah, that's Martin's. That was Martin's style. Wasn't it? He had um, he had Muggsy throwing in from halfway line and crosses coming in. Yeah, yeah, like you say, got me. He got my Chester career off to a good start. Really, I was scoring goals for him. Obviously, we weren't doing. We weren't doing well as a team, but to get off to a, a, an half decent start personally was was nice, really. Mm. Hines certainly looks like Chesterfield's most likely source of inspiration this second half. Lovely back heel, bit of Williams. Denton in! It's the law of the X. His first Chesterfield goal comes at the Shea against Halifax. It was always in the script. And Chesterfield have the equaliser. And you I think you're I think I'm right in saying your first goal for Chesterfield was against Halifax, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. So it, yeah, that, that was nice that to be fair, because that manager who were at Halifax released me. So yeah, <laughs> that were a nice one, yeah. Did you do anything special to celebrate that goal? No, no, I just <laughs> celebrated. Celebrate. No, because my mum and dad were in Halifax and behind dugouts, so I went like Put my uh, fist up to him. For, I think he might have thought I would be doing that to me. So he didn't shake my hand after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Is your kind of record pretty good then against uh, against oh. teams you've played for, scoring against? Not really played against a lot of teams. Like I said, I've only played against Halifax. Yeah, probably that's probably the only team I've played against. I've played against Woking hmm. and Halifax, I think that's it. I've never played against North Ferriby or... Um, Alfreton, really, so I've got yeah, scored for Halifax against Alfreton and scored for Chesterfield against Halifax, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because sometimes you get these strikers, don't you? That always seem to, oh, yeah, always seem to score against the Bournemouth clubs, happens. yeah, it does happen a lot. And that, and then one game just I wanted to mention from the first season was that 3 3 against Ebsfleet, which was obviously Will Evans doing his yeah. dramatic uh, penalty save. I think you scored. Did you score the first or the second scored goal the, in that match? Yeah, scored the first, made the second, and then Will scored in the last last couple of minutes, didn't he? And then they went over over the other end. And I remember seeing it back on video. So I don't remember what happened at the time. I think our keeper went out to clear one quickly because we were hoping to get another one. And he just randomly kicked some guy on 
on the on the backside, really, I think. And obviously, referee had no option but to give a penalty because the ball were live on it and so and to send him off. But I still say to this day, if a proper keeper were in goal that night, they wouldn't have saved it because where Will dived, he didn't really dive, he like jumped up. <laughs> but if, if a goalkeeper had just dived on floor, it'd have gone over his arm. So where, where he, dove, he like dove up and still stood up. <laughs> but yeah, it were. It was a cracking game, obviously being final down at halftime one great, but to come back and get that point were quite crucial, really. Yeah, yeah. Obviously for Martin Allen, it didn't really we had loads of draws in a row, didn't we? Like every game was like what, nine draws in a row? I think it's like a club record of draws. Yeah. Club record and beating Ronnie kept saying it. Yeah. <laughs> and the rap, professors were asking if we were happy about it. I think it I think it was to be honest. <laughs> I'm beaten. Hey, you've got to, you've got to be an optimist. It I'm must beaten. be odd though, as a player, when you like things just keep happening. To yeah, well, uh, I remember my sure. first game. First game, we're at Dagenham away. We we're winning one nil with five minutes to go. We played, we played well. I set up a good game plan that day. I came straight in and started. I think we scored after about ten minutes, and then. Uh, we about five minutes to go. They just put a long ball over the top, and one of the defenders had just literally gone for header and lost his footing completely. And Gower cleaned through and scored. So yeah, there were a bit of unluck, bit of unlucky stuff that happened in that run. But as a club like Chesterfield, we should have been winning more more games at home than we were, than we were doing mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like you said, Pemberton, Mark, uh, Tom Pemberton came in, and. Uh... Like you say, he was a different type of character. And I've spoken yeah. to loads of players that said, you know, you know, they were really sad that it didn't work out for him because he's like one of the one of the good guys. Guys, yeah. Well, Pembo came in and like a lot of well, I've had four or five managers at Chesterfield and they've all done the same thing, really. When they've when they they've come in, they've always steadied the ship. And Pembo came in and we were struggling when Pembo came in. I think we were in bottom four at one point. And uh, yeah, he came in and uh, he did a great job. Really, he got got me playing again, and uh, yeah, did had a good end of season. Really, yeah, it's hard, isn't it, when you you have a like for Chesterfield, we were obviously in years of decline before you came in, uh, kind of that tumble down the leagues and stuff, and then to like turn a club around again and get them consistently winning again and up the table. It's mm. quite a quite a task, isn't it? You need. You need a, a certain type of manager or a bit of luck. Yeah, do, I don't yeah. know what it is yeah. to get them pointing in the right direction again. Well, if you see it in loads of clubs, if they're used to losing, they'll just keep losing. That's what. And there's like I say, they just keep falling and falling. And we were lucky, really. We were really lucky not to go down again, mm. which is hard to say. But we got out of it just. And then, like you say, hopefully we set it. We've set them up now for to get to get to kick on again, get back to League Two. Yeah. So season two, 2020, no, 1920. So this is the season that was cancelled because of COVID. Uh, did John Sheridan start in charge? Or yeah, so it was, I think, Pemberton started in charge yeah. and then Sheridan came So Sheridan, Sheridan took over after Martin Allen was sacked and yes. had five games or something like that. Because that's when, that's when I started playing well, when Chess came in. Because he brought Scott Borden in with him. He brought Scott Burden in and me and him hit it off quick, like. And we both got, I think we both got ten goals in half a season before end of the season. It Scott, Scott had a great run, and then 
following season, everyone again thinking, oh yeah, we had a good end of the season, we'll get some good signings in. And like I say it didn't work out and Pembroke, Pembroke came in and saved the ship again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, how these things happen? Um, which players, like you mentioned, um, Scott Bowden, which which players, kind of him and others then, did you feel like you always had a bit of a connection with on the pitch? Yeah, uh, I used to get on well with, obviously, Scott. Me and Scott, just, one of them is just hit off. He obviously experienced a bit more experience than me in terms of level, but he just knew where he wanted to be, really, and... Like we we played we played pretty direct, obviously into me, and he would get off the flick ons, and he'd be. I'd probably set him up six or seven goals, probably just from just from that, really. And yeah, there are a few. Obviously, I played a lot with Laws and uh, Will Evans. I think Mandy were just coming onto the scene when I, I was just finishing, but yeah, a lot a lot of them boys were, were good footballers, and we shouldn't have been where we were really with the team we had. Yeah. And interesting, you just mentioned his name, but um, Liam Mandeville, like he's his his stratospheric rise from being a kind of a, a bit inconsistent, yeah, yeah, maybe, and 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 like the guy that was usually substituted or something like that to now being yeah. like probably one of the fittest, most consistent, dependable people on the pitch. It's kind of uh. It's it's amazing, isn't it? That kind of uh, that kind of la- timeline that he's been on. That's it. He's, last two and a half years, probably has been one of Chesterfield's best players. And like I say, he's had a manager who's trust. He's probably trusted him now. He, back when I was playing, he was like I say, we're in, in and out, couldn't get a run of games. But I know Liam's a, a, a very good footballer. So like I say, he's got a good manager in Cookie now. Who's gonna? Hopefully, take him to League Two, and I think he'll uh, he'll prosper in, in that league as well. He's he's a very good footballer, is Liam, and like he says, as fit as they come, is there's nothing to him. He'll run up, he'll run around all day for you, but he's got that quality as well. And he seems like a funny chap off the pitch. Yeah, he's a good lad off the pitch. Yeah, he's, he's quite lively, but <laughs> everyone's seen videos from the team bus and stuff like that of him. Uh, yeah, 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 he's he likes to enjoy himself, but obviously he puts his He's serious, obviously Monday to Friday, and uh, like you've got to be as uh, representing the the club. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, that the whole uh, we kind of survived a relegation on points per game, didn't we? After the whole COVID. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I always say this: we we won at Charlie, and I scored winner, and I think that that win kept us up. On points per game, I think we won at Charlie and drew at Dover, and then that were it. So I was if we'd have drawn at Charlie and drawn at Dover, I think we'd have been done. Like, but uh, yeah, we won at Charlie, so I'll, uh, I'll take credit for that. We think we stayed up by that, that then three points. I mean, yeah, you look back at it and you think, crikey, yeah, close yeah, so good, many yeah. times to being. And I think Wrexham were only just survived as well, if I yeah, remember Re- right. Wrexham, I think. Just about Wrexham, were, I think they were just a, we we finished. One place outside relegation on points per game. I think they were one or two places just above us. But yeah, it's, it was a crazy season, really. No, no, nobody could get going, really. Especially with the team we had, we should have been nowhere near mm. down there. But like I say, inconsistency, lots of games getting called off here and there, and it was just a strange time, really. We didn't have a, we didn't have our fans in the ground as well. That makes a massive difference when you've got. All you've got is your coaching staff and a few volunteers compared to 8,000 at home. It's completely different. 
Yeah. I think when I was talking to George Carline, he was saying, you know, he played lots of games for Chesterfield, but I think he only played at home in front of the fans like three times or something because of yeah, all that. Back, all that back in the season, when, it, when fans started coming back in, but I don't think it was still full end, really. But no, George, George, come back. He'll have, he'll have had a full season. Did have a full season with fans, George? Yeah, maybe it was just that first season. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember him talking about you know scoring goals and it was uh, yeah, no one there. Yeah, he's kind of saying it was a bit. I mean, what, what was it like scoring a goal in front of no one? Is it? Yeah, just strange because you want to celebrate with your, with your supporters, don't you? And obviously you get a lift and you get an extra ten percent when you hear that raw when you've scored and just to. I remember scoring my first goal with no fans there. I'm thinking, Jesus, it's literally like a pre-season friendly. You score and you just go back to halfway line and it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, it was it was really strange. Even watching it on on a laptop at home was a bit yeah was a bit yeah. weird. I remember when my dad watching on laptop saying, "Oh, get cutting out and stuff like that." But no, it's, it was strange times, wasn't it? But it's just glad it's all sorted now and we're all all back watching football. Yeah. So then you were obviously part of the team that then starts to get the team up the league table a bit. Um, and we're starting to, and we end up in the playoffs and stuff at that yeah. 2021 season. You were kind of injured at the end of that season, weren't you? But Yeah, it was. That was James Rose season, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I remember, well, it was start of COVID season and then James Rose came in the November, Pembo left. But I had a great start that season. I think I, when I got injured, I would, I would talk. I would talk goal scoring division. I'm like, oh, come on, you know, I mean? like you know, you're going into every game thinking, oh, I'm going to score again. Yeah. I kept scoring winners, and uh, yeah, I did my I did my knee in the January. I played at Solihull, scored at Solihull, and just felt something in my knee. Yeah, and that was season done really. But like I said, ten goals by by January, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get twenty league goals here, and yeah, really great season, but yeah, we're good. Good that I got injured there. So I say we're playing some of our best footy there at that time. Yeah, yeah. I was saying I was looking at the at the results list that season, and your name was yeah, yeah. Every fixture. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, it's it. How how much does your confidence go up? Stupid question, but uh, when you've kind of game after game after game after game, you, do you kind of feel like you can almost close your eyes and? Had a ball and it goes in the top corner. Yeah, it, just, it was just it was just falling from every every week. I remember we went to Yeovil and nil nil with twenty minutes to go, and one just fell to me in box and put it away. And I'm like thinking, God, this is happening. It's happening every week. I'm loving it, but there were there were no one there. There were no one there to celebrate. Well, you know what I mean? It was that sort of stuff. But no, I had a, that on my back. I, I, I would have I would have I would have got twenty goals that season. I would have thought, yeah, he's a so we're only early jam when I got injured and I was, like you say, we were playing my best stuff and I was playing, we, had, we had a good team we had a good team we were, we were pushing up the table I got a, a, a quasi Santi had just come in and uh, we'd struck up a good partnership with him and yeah we just I was devastated to get injured there awful six months to try and get back then really mm-hmm. and under James Rowe it was kind of a Again, the the style kind of suited you, didn't it? In terms of it was, it wasn't Martin Allen no. style direct, but it was kind of quite back to front, wasn't it? In a way, 
Yeah, he used to he, he used to mix it up well, did James? To be fair, he used to obviously get it into the front, but he used to want he'd always say like, "Let's play your football in there half kind of thing." So not just it's in air, but like try and drop it into your chest and play in there half kind of thing. But and it, and it used to work. It, mm. James James were a very good coach, to be fair, and he used to, he got best out of his players as well. And I think when we lost in playoff semi, lost in playoff quarter final, and that was County. Like I said, I, I was obviously watching that game, and I was thinking, for, well, we had a we had a goal, we had a goalkeeper on one leg, didn't we? Yeah, Monty. Yeah, yeah Monty. Um, we'd, have, we'd have got through that if we'd have got through Notts County. We'd have, we'd, have great, we'd have had a great chance, I think. Yeah, we'd we'd have not lost that game. I don't think had it not been for having well, incapacitated. I think we were winning. We were winning. Well, they were still on it and they scored twice, didn't they? Well, yeah. they couldn't move, yeah. So I think, especially the last goal, he nearly edited it in online. Yeah, he just couldn't move anywhere. But yeah, it's, it's one of them things. You don't have a goalkeeper on bench and that's risky take, really. It's a bit of a hindsight thing, but in situations like that, do you think you're better sticking a centre-half in net and having a fit outfield player in net rather than an injured goalkeeper? Yeah. Probably now if you look back on it, yeah, because he, he literally couldn't move or die. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so probably, yeah, we should, probably should have done it. But you're always thinking if you might, you might be able to save one late on the outfield play, won't be able to save, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, and you ended up around that period having a lot of players. We had a lot of players injured. It was kind of every, yeah. every match there was another one down, and then there was another one down. And yeah, it was, I, I don't know what it was. It was just. A bit of unlo- unluckiness, I think. Just like it's like it's, I I got injured. Obviously, that's you know, I remember watching games like you know, I have to say every, every game we were getting a bad injury. I remember seeing Cabby's leg break at Weymouth. It was shocking. Uh, I think Jack McCart had a bad one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a few, there were a few like you say getting injured pretty much every game, and it just killed our momentum going forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I still think it, I still think would have would have been. Fighting for title if Cavian got injured that season. Oh, See, yeah. we're actually flying like, and to lose to lose Cavs, and then we had, it was just like quasi really on on his own line, and then Quicks came in to help, help, help the load. But to lose that, we, we twenty five goals by mm-hmm. February time or something like that, and we were definitely in top two then, and yeah, it showed. Then we just we stumbled out league, and we only just scraped playoffs on the last day. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a defeatist, but when that uh, injury to Cabby happened, I was like, "Yeah, that's probably us done then," because <laughs> well, he was yeah, that we, important. We had, wasn't he? we had we had eight seven hours back from Weymouth, and it was silent. I think everyone, all, all the players knew what the fans knew. Like thinking we've just lost his best goal scorer for, for maybe a season and a bit. You know what I mean? It were a bad leg break, and um, I'm just glad to see that he's got back to full fitness, and obviously he's got his. Got his move to League One, but yeah, it killed killed our season really. That, like I said, we just had to pick as many points up as we could then to try and sneak a playoff place, and we did. Yeah, scored a hat trick the other day, didn't he? In a preseason friendly, so he's oh, did he? oh, yeah, he's got a hat trick. I think the, the yeah. one like eight one or something the other day, yeah, and he's got a second half hat trick. So, so him come on at Sheffield Wednesday in playoffs. He only come on for two minutes. I'm like, he's coming on to take a pen here. Oh, miss. See how he's good at pens and he good pressure pen line. Yeah, that's good to see. On the lighter side of uh, uh, injury and stuff, if not that there is one, um, I had Emma that I spoke to mm. 
on the yeah. podcast, and she said you were the player that always stole a secret stash of sweets from a physio bag. Yeah, she had a, she had a good stash. Well, obviously, oh, like I said, last year and a bit, I was always in there, wasn't it? <laughs> but yeah, she had a, she used to have a nice couple of bags of wine gums in there, <laughs> in the kind of packet, and she didn't obviously caught on it with me and end, but yeah, I used to. We used to have them for breakfast, I think. <laughs> I think she let on that she started putting more than one packet in because you kept nicking them. Yeah. <laughs> with a great chance. So obviously, all of those managers over that period, so they've had Martin Allen and uh, Pemberton and Shares and James Rowe and Paul Cook. Like, if you can sum them all up in one word, I don't know what what kind of differences between them all. Um, I don't know really. Is obviously they've got, they're all got they're all different characters, aren't they? Mm. So you see, Shares is more old old school with Martin Allen. Is it so, true that, that like when I was talking to Jonathan Smith, he was saying they used to call it Team Bingo at the time because it was a bit like yeah, you never that, quite knew who was where on the match day. <laughs> yeah, we, we played a game at Harrogate. So I don't well, I'm obviously not, I'm not here now. So we played a game at Harrogate, and usually you'd know the team by Friday morning. So we did Friday morning training, didn't pick team, got to the hotel in Harrogate Saturday morning for pre-match. Didn't tell us a team then, so you usually when that's the case, you usually get usually tell you ten past one in changing rooms. Didn't say oh. Got to two, like I remember it because I, I was thinking, oh, am I playing? I'm not playing. Um, so I'm going to look at my phone. It was like five past two. We still didn't know a team. Team were on Twitter. We didn't know a team. What's <laughs> on team show? What even in squad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was saying to the lads here, get, like, showing him my phone, I said, look, you're starting, you're on bench, I'm not in squad. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the only time, though. I don't know. I think that was towards back end of his spell, really, where we were trying to, like, keep everyone ready or on the toes kind of thing. But, yeah, found, found out on my phone in the dressing room that we were five past two, what team was. And then he come <laughs> back in, he obviously had been to see referees and stuff. So obviously, captain... Obviously, knew he was starting. I think it was Will. Captain Will and mine went to the uh, referee's room for team sheets, and obviously, Twitter had got it before we we got they got back. <laughs> Crazy. That's. I mean, that sums up uh, John Sheridan's uh, second spell with us, I suppose. <laughs> I think. I think maybe the Oldham fans found that as well. <laughs> uh... I wasn't surprised he retired after Oldham. I don't know whether he... Uh, he kind oh, of... he's, a le- he's a legend at Oldham, though, aren't he? Yeah, yeah. He's been there like 100 yeah. times, hasn't he? Yeah, when, when he went back in there, I thought he might have had a chance of keeping him up, but they were too far adrift on there. But like yeah. I say, that's, he's had a good career with a top player, apparently. So, and like I say, he's done, done all right in management now, so he'll hopefully be able to enjoy the rest of his life, just watching football and doing what he wants to do. There was a few Chesterfield fans over the summer that, like... Uh, bumped into him in a pub in Manchester and uh, yeah. he ended up buying him drinks all afternoon. Yeah, so I think nice. he's uh, yeah. enjoying himself. Well, uh, yeah. He's old school anyway. He'll like, he like a drink after a game and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and latterly then, Paul Cook, again, a completely different character. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not 
obviously I'd heard of Paul, but you know, obviously I managed in Championship and League One, really. So I wasn't really too too sure what to expect, but I got on really well with Paul. To be fair, we got on, we both got on together really well, and like I say, I, I, I were out injured I think, when he came in, but when I came when he when I got back, I, I played a few games for him. To be fair, and I really enjoyed it. That is um, quite late. No, I wouldn't say laid back, but uh, obviously leaves a lot. Leaves a lot up to his coaches, but then he'll 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 step in on a back end at week and uh, get his point across really well before a game on a Saturday. And like I said, I think Chesterfield in really good hands now for to push on. Mm. And he speaks a lot, doesn't he, about like habits and trust yeah, yeah. Uh, and things like that. Is that kind of a thing that's yeah, hammered in behind the scenes as well? A lot in training, like repetition, like you say, like good habits and. Yeah, like you say, you've got to have good standards, and I think that's what. Obviously, I went. I've been to a few games since I've left, and he's got a great. He's got a great team together. Obviously, they all know what they're doing. They're all driven, and they all want to get Chesterfield back to League Two, just like I did when I was playing. But I think now Notts County and Wrexham are uh, out of the picture. I think it's all. Everyone's going to be gunning for Chesterfield, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be. Everyone's going to be sat in it. Chesterfield's ground and open to nick a point where last year obviously they were all Wrexham and Notts County saga but hopefully it can be Chesterfield's year this year yeah one thing I've always wanted to ask is in terms of how how you kind of get on with referees and things like that because you always um you you kind of get penalized a lot for just being big I think sometimes well they seem to always know my name as well, which is annoying. <laughs> like, I don't know them, and they always say, oh, "Yeah, right, Tom." Like every every referee, you know, they, they, we're warming up in corner and they're doing the, the lap round. They always seem to say my name for some reason. So they, obviously, I, they got their always got their eye on me, aren't they? I guess, but no, nah. <laughs> referees are referees. Aren't they? It's probably one of the hardest jobs to do, and they've got to do it. And like I say, I'll I'll give some fouls away that probably aren't fouls, and I'll get some that aren't, that aren't fouls as well. So yeah, over the years I've grown to. I've, I've when I was like five, six years ago, you'd get annoyed at referees, but yeah, I've wised up to it now. And like you say, it's one of, one of the toughest jobs to do. And obviously, crowds always on the back. Yeah, are there just some of those? Sometimes those games where every time you jump, <laughs> they blow the whistle. It's, yeah, it seems like that sometimes from watching. Plenty of times, especially if they've got a defender. Say sorry, a midfielder just sat in front. If you would touch on me, arm, referee's blowing up straight away like that, and it gets crowded. It just get gets crowded and annoyed and everything. Really, it's just yeah, but you just got to get on with it. Well yeah. enough now to realise. So. Yeah, what what are the, some of the your favourite moments? Kind of in a Chestfield shirt. Then, are there any that, uh, that proper stick out? Probably this. Oh round, yeah, yeah. First round FA Cup. Nice. That, that, that's not moved from there for <laughs> 2018 November. So that, yeah, I remember doing obviously that game we I didn't play in the first game at home. We played and Billericay. They were dancing on pitch after the game at our place after a 1 1. <laughs> I remember Martin saying we'll go back, we've got to go down to their place and, and beat them like and we beat them. Obviously, got to get an actual great FA Cup. First round hat trick, so yeah, and yeah. 
ended up doing an interview on Radio 5 Live on the pitch at the end as well, yeah. <laughs> Do you get like a an FA Cup ball or is it yeah, just a, it's, it's, it's a it's branded? Yes, yeah, there's a badge on it and everything, so yeah. Yeah. All signed by all lads, so yeah. Six years ago, that. Yeah. <laughs> has the has the kit man always got a got a sharpie in his bag then just in case? Well, yeah, I think he he'll, he'll have a yeah. He's always got a pen knocking about in his in his room. So yeah, if everyone ever gets an app trick, there's always a pen knocking about in changing rooms. So everyone to sign it. So yeah, to get a hat trick for Chester in FA Cup first round, we're definitely up there. And it's sure again, and he's got the better of Kennedy. And Shaw can now break into the area and supported by Denton and Chesterfield have the lead. There's Maguire, cleared as far as Denton and Chesterfield are back in front and it's Tom. It may take two to stop him or maybe not. And Manchi continues and there is the hat-trick. Tom Denton can claim the match ball. So finally, then, just going on to you, back to you, like mm. you're Geisley now. So yeah, Geisley. Yeah, I've done. Got got a call, uh, left Alfred in summer. Obviously, the Billy uh, just didn't have. The, he just said he didn't have the resources, so he let. I think he let seven or eight players leave, and obviously, hopefully, he replaces them boys with some uh, with some good ones. But yeah, I've, uh, I got the call from Geisley, and it's. 45 minutes from home now, so I thought, yeah, I'll go and have a tr- have a crack at that. And, uh, yeah, we've uh, had a couple of friendlies and uh, and our, our fixtures are out tomorrow, so it's always something to look forward to see where we're playing on the first day of the season and stuff like that. But, yeah, hopefully I can have a good season there and uh, kick on again. Yeah, and there'll be probably be a few of your former Chesterfield teammates kicking around probably in that league now, I think, because... Yeah, would have Monty's in that yeah. league, I think, is he? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a few. There'll be a few knocking about. Jonathan Smith's at FC United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there'll be all the ones going down leagues now. Aren't they? So we'll probably bump into me <laughs> on the pitch and have a drink after. Yeah, 